Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first few minutes of a private conversation between one of England's monarchs and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is December 1421. Henry's first son has just been born in England. Henry is in France and everything is getting on top of him. He needs some help, some psychological help. If he can get in the door, that is. Come in. Come in. Hello? Is there a problem with the door? No, no, I just need to turn it three times before I open it. Then I think you're in the right place. Please, sit down. My name is Lisa Pegg, and I'm a cognitive behaviour therapist here. You must be King Henry. That's right. Make yourself comfortable. Tell me about yourself and why you're here today. My wife said to me. Right. Why did your wife send you? Because she says I'm not going to be able to handle the mess at home. Mess at home? My first child has just been born. Ah. And apparently there is mess everywhere. <laughs> Bodily fluids, linens. Okay, breathe Henry. Stop thinking for a moment. Come back to me in the room. Focus on where you are now. Okay, I'm breathing. I'm breathing. Good. Well done. This is only our first session, Henry, and already I can see that you could benefit from some kind of therapy. What I'm going to do today is ask you a few questions about your life and your background, and we can use that to see if this is the best fit for you moving forward. How does that sound? Breathing, breathing. I'm going to take that as a yes. Now, a lot of how we respond to things as an adult starts in childhood. So, I'd like to start there. Can you tell me about your relationship with your parents? My father was in exile for the majority of my childhood, and my mother died when I was eight. So, you were raised by your grandparents? Uncles? My grandfather died when I was twelve. I'm sorry to hear that, Henry. It sounds like your childhood had a lot of caregivers missing. They weren't missing, they were dead. That's what I meant. When things happen outside of our control in childhood, it can set us on a path of perfectionism. Did you feel as though you had no control over your life as a child? When my grandfather died, my father was still in exile, which meant that he couldn't claim his inheritance. Neither of them could support me financially. That was a difficult time. Hmm, yes. That's a stressful situation for a child. Did it improve as a teenager? When I was 13, King Richard was deposed. I had nothing to do with it, but my life changed forever when my father became king. I had no control over that either. Was it difficult? Being put into the spotlight like that, when you didn't ask for it? Difficult? Someone tried to poison me. I see. And once your father was king, did your relationship improve? Ah, oh, 
He wouldn't let me do anything. I came this close, this close to leading an army, but at the last minute he told me I had to stay at home as it wasn't safe. It's leading an army. Of course it's not safe. Of course. And then, when he did give me responsibility, I wasn't able to raise any funds independently, so I was stuck. I had to fund troops myself for St. Cloud, because he disapproved. Uh-huh. And then he got ill. I didn't know whether to stay in Wales or go to London in case he died. I thought I'd get a head start, learn the ropes, so to speak. What did you do? I began to chair council during his illness forced a few of his less enthusiastic advisers to resign, that kind of thing. Sounds like impatience to me. What happened? He got better, came back to work, reinstated his council again and banished me back to Wales. Honestly, I wish I had planned a coup. I'll put a pillow over his face. Henry, how can you say that? Well, it's true. At least it was at the time. I feel terrible about it now. Do you? Mind you, it didn't help me being stuck in Wales. Terrible place, terrible people. I don't think... Do you know, on one visit my baggage train was attacked and they carried off my possessions. There's a lot of very well-dressed Welshmen walking around now, thanks to me. Bastards. What about your siblings? Anyone you could have talked to? Don't talk to me about my brother Thomas, Weaselface. That is a compliment. I guess not. I hope you don't think I'm rude, but I can't help but notice the scar on your cheek. How did that happen? The Battle of Shrewsbury. I was shot at by an arrow and it lodged in my face. We couldn't get it out, at least not at first. Ouch. My surgeon invented a special device that helped him to grip the arrow and pull it out safely. The wound looks like it healed well. He used alcohol to clean it and then honey to speed up the healing. Clean. I like things clean. Do you? It's lucky I never caught dysentery, you know. Swappy ground, hot weather. Dysentery? Ever had violent, bloody diarrhoea and a high fever? Um, not recently, no. I've probably lost about 2,000 men to it, including the Bishop of Norfolk and Earl of Suffolk. In fact, I don't feel all that well myself. We'll have no violent diarrhoea in here, thank you. Bloody or not. I wash my hands a lot. I don't like dirt. Is that why you don't have a beard? Yes, I have a clean shave every day. I hate facial hair. Things get caught in it. And that's a very unusual bowl haircut as well. I hate long hair. This just keeps it tidy, out of the way. Neat. Clean. Neat. Clean. Would I be right in thinking, Henry, that you like discipline? That you are disciplined yourself, and you like others to be the same. Strict discipline is the only way to run an army. We didn't win Agincourt with sloppiness. Can you give me an example? Normally army provisions are requisitioned without choice. Requisitioned? Taken without payment. I see. Did you pay for this appointment in advance? But I insist that everything is paid for and that any abuses are reported. Did you have a problem with looting, then? Some soldiers found wine at an abandoned castle. I said, you can empty out those bottles straight away. You're not bringing any of that with you. Bet you were popular. 
I can only recall one instance of a soldier looting. He entered a church and stole a pyx. What happened to him? He was hanged in front of the whole army. I see. Well, I suppose it worked. I hanged a trumpeter once. What had he done? Blasted Louis Armstrong at 2am. I know not of this Louis, but yes, he blasted defiance at me from a castle wall that we were laying siege to. So you have people killed that annoy you? Or that get in the way. Get in the way? Well, like prisoners. Ah, yes, I heard about that. Controversial. Against the rules. Because they were unarmed? No, because nobility were massacred alongside the peasants. There's an order to this, you know. I just couldn't be bothered to drag them about with us. So you're saying it was purely on logistical grounds? Yes, it's like when we stripped the dead bodies after battle. Oh, Lord. No one should take more weapons or armour than they can personally carry. Everything else is put in a barn and set on fire. It sounds like everyone obeys your orders to the letter, then. Even when they don't like them. Like? Like when I regulated relations between soldiers and civilians. I have no time for camp followers and hanky-panky. I think you're lucky you weren't assassinated. Let's go back to Agincourt. It's a great example of a time when it looked initially like you didn't have control. Thank you for reminding me. Remember the weather? It was terribly wet and muddy, but you managed to turn that to your advantage. You see, lack of control over certain things doesn't have to result in a bad outcome. How did you cope? Can you remember? Meticulous planning, little sleep, checking that orders have been carried out satisfactorily. Oh, I bet they loved you. They had to. I was paying them. How do you mean? When you want to raise an army, you issue indentures. Contracts, if you like. Usually nobles contract with soldiers. There are several layers of hierarchy between a king and the soldiers. But not in your case? A large number of my soldiers have contracts directly with me, so they have to do what I say. Yes, I'm beginning to see a pattern here. It's important to pay attention to detail. You need to spell it out to people. Can you give me an example of a time when you've paid attention to detail? At the start of my reign, I insisted that all rents and profits from royal estates and fines from royal courts were overhauled. Overhauled? I ordered that meticulous accounts were kept and I personally reviewed the figures, questioned discrepancies. Aha. Uh -huh. I have a strong attention to detail about everything. I wrote a letter recently about whether masons and carpenters should be employed on a specific castle in Normandy. Normandy? Isn't that in France? Yes, I'm the heir to the crown in France, after King Charles. And what's your relationship like with Charles? Good, presumably, if he's named you as his heir. Oh yes, we're very close. He tells people that he's consulted me on any matters in question and that we are in agreement. Asks me about everything. Why does he do that? Because I told him to. He's not as prepared as me, though. The death, I mean. Death? 
I make a new will every time I embark on a new military campaign, just in case. Of course you do. Specifies where I'm going to be buried, what relics should be in the chapel, where the altar of the chapel is to be positioned, all that. As I said, it's important to attend to the details. Yes, quite. I wonder, though, whether it disempowers those around you. Hmm? Let me put it another way. Are you comfortable with delegation? Yes. What happens when you go abroad, for example? Who runs things here? You've been talking to them, haven't you? Who? All I said was that no petition could be dealt with until I had read it. What's wrong with that? If you were abroad quite a lot, how long would it have taken to read and then give a response? I was only abroad for three years. Is it so much to ask that I read everything? Henry, do you know what micromanagement is? Is it a really, really small clerk? N no. What are you doing? I'm turning the light on and then off. Well, stop it. We're not having a disco. What are you doing now? Lining everything up on your desk by right angles. It's been annoying me through this entire meeting. Henry, I think you have control issues. Certainly, CBT can help with that. Now, what are you doing? I'm arranging all your pencils in size order. Look, leave that. It's nervous activity. You need to feel comfortable with lack of control. Let it go. Yeah, sod it. I'll just leave it. Everyone can do what they like. I'm going to get blind drunk. No, that wasn't what I meant. I'm going to grow a beard and hair down to my knees. Hang on. And I'm going to spend all my money. Wait a minute. And I'm going to have an affair. You'll do. Come on, let's go. Right now. Let me get this off. Mary, can you bring the restraints in, please? We've got a code red. Again. Next time, it's Henry VI and the Pearly Gates. God bless him. Somebody has to. The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a Synth 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this monarch, visit our website losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History. 